Welcome to I'm Game with Fred Croner. Today I'm joined by Michael Stevens, who's in his 30th year as the instrumental music teacher at Muhammad Seymour. Uh, I guess we could kind of call you the leader of the band too, right? Well, some days people call me that, other days maybe not so much. <laughs> well, I wanna, first of all, welcome to the program today. Thanks for taking your time. I appreciate the invitation. I want to first of all start and, and go back to uh, to your childhood. Where, where did you grow up and, and what was your interest in music back at that point? Well, I'm actually from Bedford, Indiana and uh, grew up uh, in a kind of a smaller town uh, south of Bloomington, Indiana, where Indiana University is located. And um, my family was always very musically inclined. My parents were were singers and my dad was a good guitar player. My uncle played the piano and from an early age, my parents and grandparents really immersed me in, in music and took me to concerts. And um, so when it came time for me maybe to start some piano lessons in third grade, I jumped on it. When bands started in fifth grade, I was right there. And it just, it just really got a hold of me and uh, grew a love that I still have today. And what, what instruments did you play at a young age? Well, start off with piano, and I took piano for probably four or five years of, of piano lessons. And then in fifth grade, I started playing the saxophone, and I played saxophone all the way through grade school, middle school, high school, and then obviously in college. So when you enrolled at Western Illinois, was it with the idea of, of majoring in music and eventually becoming a, a teacher, or what, what were you thinking at that, uh, at that point as far as your career path? Yeah, it actually was. Uh, in high school... Uh, my high school band director um, was somebody I really looked up to. Uh, he saw a lot of talent and promise in me and encouraged me. And when it came time to start thinking about what did I want to do for a living, uh, he was like, you know, music is, is where you or your talents lie. And he helped me a, a lot with getting up, uh, setting up uh, interviews and auditions at universities around the area. Um, I auditioned at Indiana, I auditioned at DePaul in, in uh, Greencastle, I went to Moorhead State in Kentucky, I went to, to Western, and he was very instrumental in helping me uh, kind of find my path, and, and uh, that path led me to, to Western over in Macomb. So 30 years now in the Muhammad Seymour District, what, what has kept you here in, in town for so long? Well, first of all, um, from the moment that I walked in, and Richard Watkins was the director at the time, the head director. Uh, there was a tradition of excellence here. There was a uh, feeling in the community among the parents and the administrators that the arts were important. And from a very, you know, my first few years of teaching, that was extremely evident. And um, I never really felt like I had accomplished you know, everything I wanted to accomplish. I still felt like I could make the band better and stronger over these years. Um, my, I started having a family and, and kids and kids going to school here. And after a while, you just put down roots and, and this is home now. And I never felt like after that, that, uh, that I needed to go somewhere else to, to re realize, you know, what my career goals were, and I never ever felt like that I have gotten where I want to want to be here yet. So I uh, never really had the itch to go anywhere else. 
So talking about the marching band, how, how do you select the program each year in terms of, of what they're going to do, what they're going to perform? That's a really long process. Um, in fact, I probably start November of the following year before the next season. And I sit down and I listen to tons of, of music, trying to find something that I think fits the strengths of my band, uh, avoiding things that uh, would expose weaknesses in the band. Uh, I try to find something that I think is interesting that will hold my attention and especially the kids' attention for several months while we prepare it. Um, I try to do contrasting works from year to year, so we're not always playing the same kind of thing every year. Um, and it comes down to, you know, personal taste. Uh, this year we're doing a show that's called The Twilight Zone. Um, and the music from it is, is fantastic. We're using Leonard Bernstein music from On the Waterfront. We're using music from Bernard Herrmann, who wrote a lot of music for the Alfred Hitchcock movies. Uh, we're gonna use Scene d'Amour from Vertigo, and we're also gonna use On Dangerous Ground. Um, the music just really kind of fits the, the story we're trying to tell, um, along with the you know, props on the field and the way the color guard dresses and our, our, the flags they're gonna be using as, as props. We're gonna have a, a giant door. One of the themes, if you've ever watched the Twilight Zone back in the, in the 60s, the door is very prominent. Uh, we're gonna use a clock that we're gonna turn back time on the clock. And we're gonna use voiceovers from Rod Serling in the show and sound effects. I just try to immerse the kids and the public and our judges when we go to competition uh, in something that I think tells a really good story and is interesting to listen to. So how important is it for you each year to, to change and have that variety so that, you know, one year doesn't seem, you know, sort of familiar, like, you know, deja vu, like we heard that last year. Is that something that you, you really strive to, to, to do each, each year? Yeah. During the COVID season, when we were in and out of, you know, hybrid and school back and forth, uh, I had put together a show called An American in Paris. Again, great music, but very different than what the Twilight Zone is right now. And we did the show uh, in 2020 with some of the kids here, some of the kids not here. Um, and just really felt like we didn't get to really do it. And so we actually went back the next year when we were all in school together and we did it again. That's the first time I've ever done that. Hmm. But I wanted the kids to be able to actually experience and then, and then march the show and enjoy it. But then this year with the Twilight Zone, we could not be further from an American in Paris, from you know 1920s kind of jazz to very modern, very 20th century modern music now. Uh, and we've done things over the years. We've done, uh, we told a story about a little girl getting her teddy bear stolen, and the music with that was way different than uh, a Latin sketches show we did a, a few years prior. I just try to keep it mixed up so that you know, we don't get bored and our audience doesn't get bored. So are, are most of the choices you make then on a year-to-year -year basis based on the research you do, or as you go to the shows each year, do you hear what other bands are doing and does that kind of say, hey, maybe we ought to try that? I really don't try to copy other bands. Um, when you go around to all the different competitions around the state and the country, there are always these trends. Every, every band's playing this thing this year or this thing. 
I try not to do that. Um, I want to be different. I want to give the judges something different to listen to. Uh, when we're judged, we're, we're judged on how well we do what we do, not how well do we compare with a, another band as far as playing the same music and the same drill. We all do different things and we all try to do the best we can with what we are doing. But when you start copying things, all of a sudden you're being compared to another band that's playing the same music. So I try not to do that. I try to be unique and different. What percentage of the students in the band would you say own their own instruments? And are there still some that are issued by the school? Um, I would say probably 90% of the kids own their own instruments. But there are some things that, you know, we could not expect a student or a parent to, to purchase. Our sousaphones are, you know, $9,000, $10,000 a piece. No way a kid can, can pay for that. Um, our drumline equipment, again, is way expensive. and um, all of our drumline front ensemble and, and drumline equipment are all purchased by the school and the kids are allowed to use it. Uh, we do have some marching French horns and marching baritones that are school-owned, but the vast majority of the kids play the instrument they bought in fifth grade. Do you find that, that each year do you generally have the amount that you want for, for each of the instruments or some years you heavy on something and light on something else? Generally, we're pretty well um, um, balanced in our ensemble. I wish we had a few more flutes this year, but it it's kind of goes in waves. But uh, for the most part, our, our band is, is pretty balanced. Any band director would love to have more tubas. Any band director would love to have more you know, baritones. But for the most part, we do pretty well. So do you have to do anything to, to offset if you don't have, like, if you don't have as many flutes as you want this year, do you, what, how, how do you deal with that? Do you, do you have to make some changes and things? Well, I have the show personally written for us, arranged. And so I tell my music arranger, hey, I'm short on flutes this year. Don't make it real flute heavy. Put some of those, those parts in the clarinet parts or, or trumpet parts. And he's very, very good at that. So if we're light on something, he can usually compensate somewhere else. Do you ever promote junior high students or do they have to wait till they're in high school? Um, in the past, um, it was relatively easy. If I had a all-star, incredible eighth grade player, I could say, hey, you wanna, you wanna play with us? That's got a little more difficult now. Uh, there's some more uh, requirements and things that our district puts on us but I do have an eighth grader, just one, up in the band this year. Uh, he is a percussionist, he's incredibly talented, and I really felt like he could benefit from, from performing with us. So he, he actually uh, comes up during the school day and is actually part of the high school band during school day also. So it's kind of like an acceleration program, but there's only one this year. So talk about the, the drum majors. How are they chosen and, and usually how much interest is there? Again, that varies from year to year. Uh, sometimes we have as many as, you know, 12 to 15 that audition. Um, sometimes we have three or four that audition. Um, the drum majors are a crucial role in our, in our group. Um, for marching band, the directors on performance days, we don't really conduct anything. Uh, we do all our preparation ahead of time and the kids run the show. Um, we start the audition process for them in January. Uh, we have some uh, workshops that they meet with the directors here. Uh, we give them a prepared piece to work on. 
And then we kind of coach them through how to conduct that. And then at the end of our workshops, they come in and perform for us and show us what they can do. Uh, we look for leadership skills. We look for people who aren't shy. We look for good musicians who are clear and concise. And um, so they, we know who our drum majors are probably by the end of January and we don't start our season until June. <laughs> Now, in, in terms of the setup, where you say, you know, uh, on, on the days of the, the students lead, is that pretty typical for most schools or, or not? Yeah, um, directors, the, the paid directors, really on the days of the performances, we get the kids prepared. We get them out there on the field and then we step back. Uh, it's really student driven, student led. Um, in fact, adults aren't allowed on the field. Um, we have excellent student leadership in all of our sections. We have a section leader program where each section has somewhere between two and four student leaders that, that help me and Mr. Bossenbrook uh, with teaching the kids the basics, working on drill. They're, they're the ones in the trenches that, that do a lot of the, the dirty work that uh, one person or two people could not do with a large group. Uh, and then we have two, a, a woodman captain, a brass captain, and a, a percussion captain that kind of uh, lead the charge, help us develop the choreography that we use uh, in addition to our marching band drill. Um, and without those student leaders, um, it would be a very slow process. So they are, they are important to us. I wanted to ask you about the sections. Is all the, the practice and all the work done together, or do sometimes the sections just go off and, and work, you know, amongst themselves? Um, it depends on the day, the time, and where we are in the season. Um, like our color guard and our percussion, they have separate coaches that, and they may work at different times than we do in, in addition to what we do. Um, as far as the woodwinds, brass, and um, some percussion go. We rehearse three times a week, uh, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Thursdays after school. We get about seven hours a weekend outside of school time. Um, most of that is, is driven by me. Uh, we, we usually do a combination of music rehearsal in the band room and then go outside and, and learn or just clean the marching band drill we've been learning. Um, so it's a, it's a variation combination of many different things, uh, but I do give the section leaders some time, usually during a, a rehearsal to take their small group apart and kind of work on the little detail things. So you had mentioned earlier that, you know, obviously Mohammed had an outstanding tra tradition when you got here and, you know, that has certainly been maintained, I, I think probably even taken to a new level. What, what is the key to, to maintaining that and, and building up on that? Because it's not like you just have a, a group of students that come in and, you know, for four years, you're strong. It's, it's year after year after year after year. Well, it starts in fifth grade. In fact, today um, we are starting the fifth graders. And we have a lot of consistency because the two of us, me and Mr. Bossenbrook, teach every level of band in the district. Um, if things aren't working out well, it's because of us. If things do work, work out well, it's because of us. Um, so we, we have a lot of control over what we teach and how we teach it. Um, the consistency from year to year, the kids coming up, they know what to expect. There's no surprises. Um, we, we cultivate early uh, a love of music and a love of playing your instrument. And uh, we instill in those kids that this is important, 
that we take it very seriously that the kids at the high school who are already at the high school take this very seriously. And um, we try to build a culture that, that perpetuates that success. Um, it's not easy. It's a lot of hard work. Uh, it's a lot of nights and weekends and 60 and 70 hour weeks. But um, that's what it takes to, to try to keep the program at, a, at the level we're at. So when you start the fifth graders, do you let them pick what they want to try? Or do you see some that say, hey, I think you'd be pretty good uh, with this instrument? At, at this point, we pretty much let them choose what they'd like to play. Um, in fifth grade, it's mostly about consistent practicing and a little bit of physical attributes that may cause them not to be able to play something. So if a kid really, really, really wants to play the clarinet, I'm not going to stop them. Um, sometimes there may be, you know, a week or two period where I watch them and say, you know what, because your fingers are so small and you're going to really struggle on this instrument, I might be the one that suggests, hey, maybe, maybe trumpet might be easier for you. But for the most part, they get to choose exactly what they want. And then we try to help them in every way possible to be successful. There's always going to be a few here or there that, you know, it just didn't, didn't work out. And so we switched to something else. Talked about how, how long the, the work weeks are. How, how much pressure is there on you? How much pressure do you feel to maintain that, that tradition, that standard of excellence that's been established now for a number of decades? Um, tons of pressure. And if you ask my wife, uh, when I toss and turn at three o'clock in the morning because I've got 50,000 things on my brain thinking about for the next day, she would probably vouch for that. And the older I get too, I, I don't, don't handle the stress quite as well, but it, it is. It's a lot of, because you're always in the public eye. I mean, everything I do, everything I teach is for public consumption. And so, you know, I want to um, always put a product out there that I'm proud of and the kids are proud of, and that never changes. And because it never changes, there is a lot of stress. Do you still enjoy playing yourself when you get the opportunity? I love playing. I just never get a chance to anymore. That's... That's when I retire. I've got after this year, I've got three more years before I hang it up. That's one of the things I'm looking forward to more than anything else is getting a chance to I want to play again. I want to play whether it's the U of I summer band or find somewhere else to, you know, something to play in. I really want to play again. I miss that. I haven't had a chance to really play for, for a long time. Well, we could talk about the, the various championships and, and things the Bulldogs have won over the years, but I think a lot of people will be interested in maybe some of the, the fringe things you've done, like going to the Rose Bowl, going to the Fiesta Bowl, and then one that, that kind of blew me away when I heard about it, you, you guys have performed on a cruise ship, so tell me how that came about. Uh, both our marching band and our jazz band programs, we have tried to travel with them as, as much as we can over the years. Um, like you mentioned before, with the marching band, we, we have done the Rose Parade, which was an incredible experience. Uh, it was a long way. Six miles is a long way to march, but, but it was a lot of fun and just memories that will last a lifetime. I kind of really fell in love with the Fiesta Bowl Parade, and we've done that five times over the years. Love being in Phoenix. My wife and I go out to Phoenix as much as we possibly can and enjoy the, the mountains and the weather and just the people out there. Um, but we've been to Hawaii, um, which was really awesome. 
Uh, then as far as the jazz band goes, we've been to Montreal, Canada, which I really, really liked. We've been to San Antonio and San Francisco. The, the cruise you mentioned before, um, we were the one of the entertainment groups for the cruise ship and got to play on the main stage and then um, got to enjoy the cruise and go to Key West and Cozumel. And, but it was a lot of fun. I, I think the trips, I mean, they are fun, but it's a way to reward those kids who work so hard over the years to get to travel with their friends and, and see sites they wouldn't normally see with their friends and get to perform in really incredible venues and spaces that uh, they just wouldn't get to just staying here in Muhammad. Are there any special trips scheduled for this year? Not for this year. We are planning something for next year. In fact, I'm meeting with the travel agent on Wednesday and we're gonna start discussions on where we go from here. Uh, I really wanted to do the Fiesta Bowl one more time before I retired, but Fiesta Bowl has changed their parade to before Christmas, and it kind of lines it up right with high school finals. So that's kind of that's kind of out. So we're in the process of looking for uh, something that uh, I think the kids would enjoy. And uh, if we did something, hopefully it'd be late late 2023, around December after Christmas. You talked a little earlier about the, the music that they're performing this year. Talk a little bit more about what uh, folks can expect from the 2022 edition of the Marching Bulldogs. Well, if you're a fan of the Twilight Zone, you're going to love it. Uh, we're going to do a lot of very familiar uh, motifs from the, the show. Uh, we're going to insert some Rod Serling into the show, bring him back. <laughs> uh, <laughs> some of the props they're going to recognize from the TV show. Um, and then we have some incredible soloists too. They're going to be playing within the show. Isaac Hansen's got a, a big film solo. Roman DiGirolamo is going to do a, a baritone solo. Gabe DeFanis is going to be playing some really uh, cool stuff too on trumpet. Our, our drum line is wonderful and uh, they have a really big presence in the show. Our color guard, uh, which has won the uh, IDTA state championship the last three years in a row. They are very talented. and They're going to be a huge uh, part of the color and the visual part of our show. So if you're a Twilight Zone fan, I think you'll, you'll really appreciate um, what we're going to try to do. So I know at uh, as many home football games as you can, you try to get the band out on the, on the field for a few minutes at halftime. Is that more just to kind of let some of the parents and, and students that might not otherwise see you uh, get a chance to see, or is that a chance to, you know, maybe uh, tweak a few things that, that you need to work on? Everything you just said. Yeah. Um, football games are great ways for us to get dress rehearsals in. Um, and it's a good way for us to, to test things out. Uh, like this week, we have about half the show learned. So we did that, that first half of our show without any props, without any uniforms, uh, to get the kids out there for the first time, give them a taste of what it's like playing in, in front of people. Um, and then another thing is we're there to support our school and be a part of the, the atmosphere of the high school football game and, and root our team on. So it's, it's double duty. It's, it's a great way for us to get our feet wet and to keep adding things and testing things out and then support the, the football team. About how long will your show be once you have everything put in? Probably around a uh, little over eight minutes, which right. is pretty typical. That's about our normal length of show. 
All right. We've been talking today with Michael Stevens, the uh, uh, instrumental music teacher, marching band director, Mohammed Seymour School District. Uh, before I let you go, anything else you'd like to add, Michael? Uh, we've got a great uh, competition season coming up. If people can come out and, and cheer us on, we love to have our fans in the stands. We're going to be at uh, Mount Zion October 1st, uh, Effingham on the 8th of October. We're going to be down in St. Louis on October 14th, and then we finish our season at the U of I on the 22nd. So come out and see us and cheer us on. So the month of October is going to be the big month, huh? It's, it's always a big month. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for your time today. Best wishes uh, to, to you and, and the marching band and uh, hopefully get a nice trip schedule for the, the kids for next year. Thanks, thanks for having me. I appreciate the, the time.